Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So my good buddy Jeff Snyder and Ken McElroy just discussed the real estate crisis. They gave some incredible insights that I wanted to share with you right now. This is really going to, I think, open your mind or open your eyes as to how bad this problem really is, not just for the landlords, but also for the banks. So let's get right into this video. We're going to go through some clips and I'm going to share my thoughts with you. I think Jeff teased it up at the intro quite well, so we'll listen to that first. Best place to start here is last week. New York Community Bank Corp came out with some earnings that had everybody talk. I mean, the, the its own stock fell by you know almost 50% at one point, and it's down again today. It took the entire com uh, regional bank index down with it, and that's down again today. But basically what they said was, We've got these two commercial real estate loans that created a ninefold increase in charge-offs. And everybody went, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What are you talking about here? So, Ken, from your perspective, I think the big question in everybody's mind, has something changed over the last, say, couple months where before now, everybody's kind of just been waiting. We know commercial real estate is going to be a problem. You and I talked about this before. But has something changed over the last couple of months that would represent maybe the start of something going on? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, well, first of all, commercial real estate is a troubled asset class. There's no question. I, I mean, you know, all you have to do is is look at what interest rates have done. So, and you know, the entire value, the capitalization rates or cap rates, all of that stuff is based on what people are willing to pay. And obviously what that uh, largely has to do with what the rates are. So, so this has been going on. Yeah. So Ken kind of, you know, this is Ken's world. So like Jeff, he uses industry language that a lot of people aren't familiar with. So it, it sounds like at times they're speaking Chinese <laughs> or, or some other language. So what Kenny is saying here, and a lot of you understand what cap rates are, but uh, basically, if a cap rate goes up, the value of the property goes down. And what people are basing cap rates on is, well, what can I get on a 10-year treasury, right? Because obviously, there's going to be a lot more risk in buying a an apartment building or an office building. So if I can get a 5% yield on a 10-year treasury, I, I'm going to demand a much higher yield on a, an office building. I'm going to demand, uh, let's just say, a 7 or 8% yield or maybe a 10% yield. Let's just say 10% just because that makes the math easy. So if the cash flow from the property is, and I'm oversimplifying here, but it's it's the concept that's important. If the cash flow is a million dollars per year, okay, well, at uh, a 10% cap rate, well, that's a $10 million property, right? Because you want the, 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 the profit at the end of the day to be 10%. You want a 10% return, okay? But what happens if the uh, cap rate goes to... 20%. Okay. Well, now all of a sudden you've got my math in that great, but you got a $5 million property and it keeps going down and down. Josh, check my math on that. But again, you guys get the point. If the cap rate goes up because the 10 year treasury yield is going up or the risk-free rate, then what that means is the value of the property is actually going down. And the inverse would be true. If the 10 year treasury yield is going back down to 1%, well, now all of a sudden, the, the cap rate is going to go down. Therefore, the value of the property would go from 10 million up to, 
whatever it is, uh, whatever the market rate is. Okay. So I just wanted to make sure that everyone was clear on that because that pertains to some of the conclusions that they come to as to what's happening right now and what may happen in the future. For a while, Jeff, it's not, it's not for me, it's not a surprise at all. The, I think what ha- what what's you know, I'm dealing with this every day. We're we're on the phones almost every single day. Uh, we've got uh, about two billion in uh, assets, and you, you know we're on the we're on the horn with with uh, a lot of our lenders. And and actually, I'm flying to New York in two weeks to talk to many 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 more. And so w- what's happening is the the banks have already pulled back. So if I'm going to try to buy something today, let's say. You know, we're looking at 50, 55 percent loan to value now. So the banks, that's a, obviously what a lot of people would call a sign or a red flag, you know. So, they, you know, just to put that in perspective, that that would have been 65, 70, 75 percent, you know, just a couple of years ago. So a lot of these loans are coming due. And so you've got maturity, obviously, is an issue for both debt and for equity. And don't forget, a lot of the equity that is in some of these, uh, let's just pick on the commercial office buildings. Those buildings uh, typically have managed equity. So if, if if you're looking at a tall building like this and you have a capital stack, let's say, the first, let's say, 50 to 60% is debt. The next percentage is various forms of equity. Well, that equity's gone because interest rates have gone up and cap rates have also gone up. So currently there's not enough value uh, to support the debt. And that's the real problem. And, and Okay. So obviously you made some great points there. Number one, I, I was talking about how uh, as far as uh, you know, someone buying the property has to solve for the risk-free rate or has to consider the risk-free rate um, but the individual investors, uh, Kenny's individual investors are doing the exact same thing. So I know Ken has, has got guys that he's been working with for quite literally decades. So he doesn't really have a problem. But a lot of these real estate guys out there, they have investors that are saying, okay, why should I give you 5% or, or why should I give you XYZ if my return is going to be a lot lower? Why? Because you're only getting 50% loan to value. See, if you're getting... 60, 70, 80% loan to value, your cash on cash return is going to be higher, most likely, if all the, the numbers work out the way you think they're going to work out. But if you, you know, we take it to an extreme, and if you have to pay 100% cash for a property and you make, let's just say, well, let's use the prior example, you pay $10 million for a property and you pay all of that out of pocket. So you got 100% equity and you're getting a million dollars a year. Okay. But what happens if you had, uh, uh, 90% LTV on that. So you're only having to come out of pocket a million dollars. Well, you're having to come out of, ensure you have debt service cost. But now you can see that if you're out of pocket a million dollars, your return with that hundred thousand, excuse me, with that million dollars of cash flow coming in annually is going to be way higher, way higher than it would be if there's no debt at all. You see, so as Kenny's talking about the LTV going down, that means the return to investors is going to go down, which makes that 10-year treasury even more attractive, which means less capital coming into the market to buy these distressed assets as they're on their way down. Fewer buyers means prices go down even lower than they otherwise would have. And now what he's talking about as far as the equity stack is the values of these properties 
are are have gone down so much that they're basically underwater, just like people were with residential real estate during the GFC. What we just saw in 2023 is it all got exposed and people have now run out of cash largely and they're they're doing cash calls and people are coming in trying to save these things and the new investors or new investment groups are trying to figure out do they even want to be in the, these deals or not most of them they're passing on and so what what's happening is this is just a natural progression if if a bank has a loan that's due they're the value of that loan is the loan is higher than the value of the property. That that's the the situation. And we are, in my opinion, if this is a nine inning game, you know, we're in inning two or three. Yeah, I think. Do you get that, guys? So I would argue, very few people in the world have as much intel on the commercial real estate crisis as Kenny McElroy. Uh, Kenny, I don't know if you caught it, but he said he managed two billion with a B of of, of properties. And he's been doing this for over 25 years. I mean, he is as as legit as they possibly as you can possibly get. You know, so many of these influencers on YouTube, they sit there and talk about real estate. You know, drive around their Lamborghinis and whatnot. Look, these people are posers. I don't have to tell you that. You guys can see through that nonsense. But Kenny is the real deal. Kenny is the absolute real deal. So he is saying that if this is a nine inning game right now, even after Silicon Valley Bank, after New York Community over the past week, Credit Suisse, Signature, First Republic, he is saying that we are in inning two, inning two, inning two of a nine inning game. Very, very, very important to understand that. I think that's what most people... I don't know if that's their sense or if just lack of information, it's kind of feels like it's early in the process, but I wonder how many people are just kind of, you know, fingers crossed, hoping everything goes really well, (laughs) because it's just, Hey, if we have, if we don't hear anything bad, then it must be going okay. But what you're saying is that, you know, we're still trying to work out what what really the, where the trouble spots are. And from what you just said, I think the, the, the alarm bell that rung in my head is that even the investors who do have liquidity, who do have cash are saying, we're kind of sitting on the sidelines. Let's kind of see where everything goes and wait that out. Which, I mean, if you're if you're an investor who has cash, you don't want to buy now. You want to buy when everything goes down and come in and pick up on all the bargains. So, right. It, right. It's a good time to look. Uh, it's a really good time to look because there's distress. And, you, you know, when, when uh, you're not going to be able to buy it from the partnership because they're going to try to you know, save themselves and save the equity. So you really, the process really needs to be just like it was in 08 when I went through this. The, the you know, first the equity has to go um, and that's going to make its way into the 401ks, pensions, retirement plans, insurance, all that stuff. Uh, you got to be careful with that. I know a lot of you, maybe police officers, firefighters, teachers, what have you, uh, you know, you live in the state of California, you get the huge pension fund there. I believe it's called CalPERS. Uh, and you may be watching what's happening with these office buildings and saying, well, screw the greedy capitalists. Uh, they, they, just, they had it coming anyway. They all got, uh, they all, you know, got over their skis during the Cerveza sickness or prior and all these banks were doing this and all these shenanigans, all this financial engineering. And look, if they have to take a haircut, if they lose some money, so be it. Maybe the system's better off as a result. But what you don't understand is a lot of these greedy capitalists were getting meant were getting money 
from your pension fund. So when Kenny is talking about the equity evaporating, uh, that that's not just evaporating out of the pocket of the greedy investor or capitalist. That's coming straight out of your pocket. If you've got a pension fund that invests or invested in a lot of these properties. And many, I don't have any statistics right in front of me, but I would assume that many of these pension funds did. Why? Because we had zero interest rates and their nut is pegged at six, 7% return. So if they're not able to get that six or 7% return that is that they have to have in order to fulfill their obligations that to the workers, then what they have to do is go further and further and further out the risk curve. So you basically go from treasuries to private equity, <laughs> or you go from treasuries to giving it to some guy that goes out and buys an office building. So this isn't just about greedy capitalists. It's about just everyday hardworking Americans. And that's aside from the issues in the banking system. You know, and would that, re that require a wave of foreclosures or some kind of public um, signal that this is going on? Or can this be worked out in private? Can it be like just a bespoke arrangement? Will yeah. we get a sense that this process is moving in that direction? That's a great question. Uh, it's going to be done mostly privately. It's going to show up, however, in obviously people's statements, in their quarterly statements. And, you know, that when he says people, he's talking about these uh, private investors like him. So if you don't have access to uh, you know Kenny's statements like how many of us have access to Kenny's statements nobody unless you're an investor for Kenny so the bottom line here is nobody's talking nobody is aware of how bad this problem really is even though these negotiations are happening behind the scenes uh, i i don't think you know people really understand it, that there's there's nothing that no, can be fixed. understands this at all that's it's it's a really opaque process which is why we're all kind of looking for help yep. here it can't be fixed and here's why the only thing that can fix it jeff is lower interest rate that's it because what happens is the the values when when rates got down to basically zero it created a bubble and people bought at that price. That's it's really that simple. And you know, and so the prices were significantly higher two years ago. And I would say that they're twenty to thirty percent less, maybe even forty in some. And it depends on the asset class. But so if you're a long-term holder and you're cash flowing, it doesn't really even matter. It's it's almost like buying a home, and you're still making the payment, and the value went down. It's not a big deal if you don't have to sell it. Okay, so here is, uh, I think this is a good argument for Kenny, but I have a slightly different view. So it is true that if you don't have to sell, you're, you're good to go, assuming you're cash flow positive. That's a big assumption, right? And I want to highlight what Kenny said a minute ago, is that the only, the only thing that solves this is lower interest rates. But do they? You got to ask yourself that question. Because the world that we live in today let's say with Fed funds at 5.25% and the 10-year trading at, let's just say 4%. If the 10-year treasury goes down to 1% or whatever rates would need to go down to in order to bail out these landlords with their commercial real estate projects, that's not the same world that we live in right now. You see, that's not a world where unemployment is 3.7%. That's what very few people fail to uh, actually realize. And I'm not saying, you know, Kenny, I've talked to him about this personally, so I know he gets it. 
But uh, I think so many people out there in the mainstream media on FinTwit are just saying, well, all we need are lower interest rates. And that just bails everybody out. No, no, no. That, just, that assumes that your debt payment goes back to where it was. That assumes that the cap rates go back to where they were. But what this completely ignores is your actual cash flow, right? So let's assume for a moment that interest rates go down. Why would they go down? Because we're in a recession, for heaven's sake. Assuming that interest rates are a reflection of future growth and inflation expectations, be careful what you wish for there. Because let's just say that interest rates go from whatever, 5% down to 1%. Okay, well, that means likely that we have negative real GDP. That also means that the unemployment rate is likely going from 3.7 to 4.5 to 5.5 to 6 to 7. Who knows where it, 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 it uh, oops, excuse me, where it stops. Unemployment rates going up that high, businesses have less money coming in. If businesses have less money to coming in, they're going to stop paying rent. And they're definitely not going to renew their their leases, that's for sure. So if they're not paying rent, what happens to the cash flow for these individual property owners? It goes down. So yeah, you might be positive cash flow right now, but if we have lower interest rates, what they don't realize is that there's a higher probability that they have negative cash flow, even if they're able to roll over that debt at a cheaper rate, assuming that they're able to roll over that debt because we know that lower interest rates often is a sign of tight money, not loose money. Because how much are the banks going to be willing to lend if we're going into a recession, if not something worse? You know, they're going to tighten their belts, and regardless of what the interest rates are. So in my view, just simply saying that, well, lower interest rates is going to solve the problem. And, I'm, and Kenny's not saying that. Let me be very, very clear. But uh, that misses the bigger picture of what the world looks like, what the economy looks like, what the occupancy rates look like, what the cash flow looks like in an environment where rates go back to 1%. Another thing that Kenny points out is it's not just about your mortgage payment, for heaven's sake. It's about your property taxes. It's about your insurance costs. It's about everything else, your maintenance costs, for heaven's sakes. That's a big component of commercial real estate. So that's going up and up and up. Okay, well, that's decreasing your cash flow, even if your rents are at the same level. So th this is this is a storm that's brewing here. Uh, most of you know that, but I think it gives us even further insight when we hear it straight from the horse's mouth, straight from Kenny. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options, Jason Hartman, real estate, and Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Another thing that I wanted to point out, we talked about this on the last video, where I think this is going to play out like that quote 
regarding bankruptcy. It happens very slowly and then all at once. Why do I say that? Because you noticed a couple times uh, Kenny and Jeff were talking about how these real estate investors that own these buildings are just trying to hold on. They're just trying to, if we could just make it another couple of months or so, we're good to go. Well, put yourself in their shoes. So they're not watching the George Gammon channel. They're not watching the Rebel Capitals channel. They don't understand how interest rates work. Just like when I was an entrepreneur, I knew how to make money, but I had no idea about what the financial system was all about. I didn't even know what the Fed was. I didn't know what the bond market was. I, I actually could care less because 100% of my time and energy was focused on running a business successfully. And so a lot of the, you know, Kenny has a very good uh, understanding of, of macro because he hangs out with guys like me <laughs> and Lynn Alden, you know, and a lot of these other people. Uh, but most of his buddies don't. Uh, I've been on skiing trips. I've hung out with a lot of Kenny's buddies who are all great guys, but they're absolutely clueless when it comes to macro. So put yourself in their position for a moment. What they're doing is they're making the mistake the retail investors making right now that we just talked about. They're sitting there and they're barely cash flow positive on this property, or maybe they're even cash flow negative. And in normal conditions, they would be selling this or they would be giving the keys back to the bank and we would see all of these foreclosures going right through the system. And you would start seeing that on the news. And then that would dramatically change the overall narrative on the health of the economy in normal times. But right now they're doing every, they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. They're doing all these things that they can just to survive the next two or three months. Why? Kenny said it because they think interest rates are coming down and they think that's going to bail them out. You see, they think that lower interest rates means money's going to be loose, that the occupancy rates, the economy is going to boom again. They buy this BS that the mainstream media tries to feed you. They buy it hook, line, and sinker. So I think a lot of these guys that are uh, underwater and actually have negative cash flow aren't selling their property because they think that those lower interest rates, the market is predicting the yield curve is going to be some sort of lifeline to them. What they don't understand is that's the rope that's going to be used to tie the noose <laughs> that takes them out. And so that's why, how I see this kind of playing out as far as my base case, that it's, we're going to see not much going on here, not much. You hear some anecdotal stories here and there, but you don't get a, a, a you know, everyone's saying that the market's resilient, the market's resilient. And then all of a sudden everyone wakes up and they realize, and it'll probably happen when the Fed starts lowering rates, like it usually does. What's going to happen is the Fed's going to start lowering rates. And all these guys that are barely hanging on to these negative cash flowing properties are like, oh, crap. The Fed's lower interest rates didn't bail me out because, and it dawns on them, that the reason the interest rates are lower is because the economy's worse. Therefore, my cash flow is going down to a point where even if I am able to refinance at a higher or at a lower rate, it's not going to bail me out. Another thing that they discuss that I think that I want you guys to be cognizant of is this shadow. Um, I believe they called it shadow vacancy, where if you look at the cash flow that's coming in, we'll go back to that example that we use simple example of a million dollars coming into the owner of the property to pay off their debt and whatnot every single uh, year. Well, uh, let's just assume that's, that's uh, net, but that let's say that million dollars of net is coming from 10 tenants, 10, 
And let's say five of those tenants are paying rent, but they don't have anyone working, that they've kind of transitioned into this hybrid model where they need a lot less space, or they've completely transitioned into a virtual model where they need zero office space, none. So although they're paying the lease right now, as soon as that lease expires, they're gone. They're gone. And those 10 tenants that you have immediately go down to five tenants. Then that takes your cash flow or your net down to, let's say, 500000 What does that do to the value of the property, right? And that's if you're even cash flow positive as it is right now. What does that do to the equity? What does that do to the banks? What does that do to the, the write-offs of the bank's balance sheets? What does that do to the circulation of money and credit? What does that do to the pension funds? What does that do to the purchasing power? What does that do to businesses? What does that do to the unemployment rate? You see how this, this, these things are all interconnected. And uh, to reiterate, the main takeaway for me was this realization that so many of these guys that are likely underwater are thinking, like everyone else, that the lower interest rates are going to bail them out and they don't realize that that's likely not the case. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. You might want to check out the last video right at the end. I talk about this very important webinar that I'm going to be doing this Friday. You can check that out at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. You can sign up there, be a part of that webinar that we're doing Friday, this Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you this Friday. We'll see you in the next video.